1: Edelman again.
3: And the ball is out. And there's no whistle yet. And this is Marlon Humphrey who's going to take it to the end zone. David.
1: Football. Football, David. The Dave Damaschek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now, here's your host, Dave Damaschek.
4: Color me stunned. I didn't think that was going to happen on Sunday Night Football, and yet it did happen. Either way, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, presented as always by our pals over at Zaxby's, home of the famous Chicken Fingers Wings and Zalads. Week 9, just about in the books at the time of this recording. We still await what happens in New Jersey as America's team, alleged America's team, pays a visit up to the New York football giants behind the glass. They are ready to help us break it all down, or at least the vast majority of week nine we have those results in hand that he's wearing his number eight danny dimes jersey it's eddie spaghetti what's the poop fella
3: yeah uh we're in the the new Daniel dimes jersey today but i'm not sure i'm going to pick them to win i just want a a good healthy uh performance by uh you know uh jones saquon the like um i don't expect much though
4: well, that's a pretty damning statement, though. You're wearing the man's
3: jersey yeah. and you're picking the other team to I, win. I just right? want him to be I want him to perform well in primetime. The Giants have been in primetime like every season. They they would get four or five primetime games in the last, you know, let's say two or three seasons or so with Eli kind of struggling. And it's just an opportunity for the entire nation to make fun of Eli and just, you know, screen grab stuff. And I'm just kind of sick of that. So I want Jones to come out, look. Uh, competent or more than competent and put up a good fight. But I just don't think the Giants defense is good enough at this point to stop the Cowboys. Uh, like I said, just make sure Saquon stays healthy, Ingram stays healthy and then just uh, make it competitive and uh, I guess just keep losing so we could you know, get one of those top picks in the draft.
4: See, I think your head's in the right place. We are now at the time in the schedule so we expand beyond the game that may already be in the books by the time you the listeners listening, that's what you want now. It's It's a sad place to reach but you need to be a realist and And you do not want if you are a Jets fan, you do not want your team at this point to catch fire and start winning games. That's not going to be helpful. The Dolphins won a game against those Jets on Sunday. And I suspect that that that's probably good for the Jets. And it also opens up. Keep your eye on this one in the offseason based on what Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals did a year ago. It seemed impossible, but now it's a reality. And I wonder if that's going to be a new trend that's going to go down here with these guys on their rookie deals. It makes them pretty easy to move the the high pedigree quarterback, Josh Rosen, obviously, in Miami right now. I wonder if it's possible that a guy like Sam Darnold that guy, I don't know, Matt rule or Lincoln Riley or whoever it is would say, yeah, I'll take that jets gig, but I want to bring in a different QB. I don't, I don't want to work with this guy. And that's part of the deal. It's going to be interesting to see if that creates more movement in, uh, in the offseason upcoming here. In the meantime, let's look at the wild card picture. We talk about, uh, the Ravens really stunning me in an otherwise positive week for my prognostication abilities, Eddie spaghetti, you and I actually both on, uh, um, on the second podcast, the DDFP, last week with our pals, Matt Money-Smith and uh, and Handsome Hank, I told Voice of the Chargers, Matt Money-Smith, and I feel like he was more cynical about it even than I was. I predicted that the Chargers would take care of business at home against, uh, against the Pack, and it seemed like the world over thought Dave was crazy once again. Now I'm sitting here in the victory circle.
3: I, I think that was a better— bold prediction than mine was and mine was the Ravens over the Patriots but I think that one more people across America could see you know Lamar Jackson at home uh doing some damage versus the Patriots when really their first test I mean I guess depending on your feelings of of Buffalo their first real test of the season though but I think the Packers they've been on a hot streak I mean and then the Chargers have been the total opposite of that Uh, even if they're I, I guarantee I mean how many there's probably what 70 30 Packers fans in Carson California so I think you going on a limb and picking them was pretty impressive
4: well it was it was owed that I love Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa when they're both healthy out there they are destructive as destructive a duo in pass rushes there is in the NFL and that's not good when both of your offensive tackles are banged up like the like the Packers were so and also listen they're human beings after all how many times how many weeks in a row is Red hot as these Packers have been. These big time, big stage games. This was one that have felt like fly out to the West Coast, maybe on Saturday night. In fact, Aaron Rodgers kind of alluded to that if you saw his post game, like how we prepared in the 48 hours around the game. We have to modify that. I think he was basically saying guys had fun on Saturday night. I don't know if that's true. I'm just going along with what 12 had to say. Either way, that was a good one. The other one, I said spaghetti. You know, my season long pick, my uh, my big upset pick the san francisco 49ers will win the nfc west and they're well on their way i did say though that they would struggle relatively speaking with the cardinals people scoffed of course they'll blow out this team the cardinals have no rush defense look at what the niners just did obliterating the panthers in the rush game i said the niners will win but only by three how much did the niners win by spaghetti they won by 3. That's right. And then uh and then as far as the division chase goes, if they if the Seahawks had failed, if they had stumbled against the Buccaneers, well they did stumble. They almost lost that game, went to overtime. The division would be a wrap pretty much. The Niners could get away with losing both of their upcoming games to the Seahawks, and they would still have a margin of one game over those Niners. So that one's looking pretty good. It's still up in the air, and I do still think that the Rams are not going to make the playoffs as they head to Pittsburgh for their next one. They should win that one, but I'm going to stick with that with um, with the Seahawks getting a wild card, and if worst comes to worst, the Niners are going to get a wild card. And then... As I foretold, when when uh, when everybody in Philadelphia was losing their mind, I said, "Settle down. The Eagles are about to go six and two. That may even be an understatement at this point. They might go seven and one because, based on what we just saw from the Patriots, what's to say Jordan Howard's not going to gash them this come or uh, in in two weeks when the the Patriots come off the bye? Let's get into that wild card though a little bit on the AFC side, shall we? There, Spaghetti's sure. All right. I think that and it's a, it's a big muddled field there first of all to the to the main event I guess in the top 2 seeds in the AFC. Do you think that that loss by the Patriots, you obviously took the Ravens so you're not as surprised as I am, do you think that it's telling? Do you think that um the the second half of the season now looks different on the AFC side now that we've seen the Patriots exposed as mortal how much stock do you put in what the Ravens did and what the Patriots did on Sunday night
3: uh I mean I I think last night's game was just a a case of just them dealing with a a really different offense because like so they haven't really faced anyone that's been besides the Bills and I don't know if we the Bills are more of a defensive team, so I think seeing a mobile quarterback like Lamar, who who uh, on Sunday night was just improvising everything, and even like uh, we were talking off air, like the first down runs they were getting off with with uh, Mark Ingram or whoever it was, like six seven yards a pop. It,
4: That's the part that surprised.
3: It, me. It, yeah, they look. They It was.
4: It was right on. It was right on cue. Just about. I always say and now I look silly, but we'll see what happens the rest of the way here. I I kind of have had it both ways is the bottom line where the Ravens offense is concerned this season. In fact, last season, I was on board with Lamar Jackson at the draft. You remember a year ago. I'm not talking about six months ago. I mean, 18 months ago when we were at the draft, I said Lamar, the the Bengals, I believed in it so much. I said the Bengals should be taking Lamar Jackson here. They didn't fell all the way to the back end of the draft and, and the Ravens got him. I didn't think that the Ravens of 2018 should have even messed around with Joe Flacco install that offense and get going And, and to show how fast things change in pro football as a matter of fact John Harbaugh, I looked it up. I I remember thinking, man, things have changed so fast. And and it's a case for why teams shouldn't be so quick to fire their head coach all the time. And the stable organizations don't tend to do that. They tend to stick by a coach who stumbles here and there. And John Harbaugh was uh, at the midway point one year ago, remember, it was over. It just wasn't going well. The the Browns were kind of coming on since Baker Mayfield had gotten in there. It looked like their era was about to get pushed down. The Ravens being one of the bullies of the North was just about a wrap and the Steelers were looking good and here come the Browns. And then, the and I looked it up. It wasn't 52 weeks ago. It was even 51 weeks ago that I think it was November 11th of 2018 that there are headlines all over the place and I tweeted it out on Sunday night this past, uh, or, just uh, last night that there were pieces all over the place that Harbaugh and the Ravens have mutually agreed to part ways at the end of the 2018 season. That's right. As Lamar Jackson's taking over. And then they go on that glorious run to the postseason. They get in there and then they don't, just continue to dip their toes in the Lamar Jackson waters. They fully commit with Greg Roman. They really install. They bring in Mark Ingram. They draft Justice Hill. They continue to ride with Gus Edwards and company. And all of a sudden now, this this is the story. And John Harbaugh, if the season ended now, would be in the top three in the coach of the year and by the way like we said last week greg roman is probably the assistant coach of the year at this point it's going to be hard for him to blow that if the ravens end up holding on running this kind of an offense
3: um that that, go ahead and lamar as well being an top three mvp you have the coach offensive coordinator and quarterback all in top three in their respective awards too um
4: do i i guess i see to me i still go russell wilson only has one pick
3: yeah, Russell Wilson's in top three. And I so think he's one. Though. And McC- he probably is one. McCaffrey is probably. I think he could flip a coin between two and three with Lamar and McCaffrey. I think. uh I think I put in the rundown. I, I now just realized my the answer. The, the, the biggest jenga piece across the whole NFL is probably Christian McCaffrey. But I'd say he's probably number two in the uh, MVP race, and Lamar right now is three. But if if the Ravens like say they went out, or it's, uh, he can make a strong case. But I think Russell Wilson probably deserves it.
4: Right now, we still obviously have half a season to go. I think that's right. If Lamar Jackson wins the division, though, that does matter. And I know I don't want to hear from people on social media or otherwise. The QB wins don't matter. Of course, they matter. It's the whole point of the season, and it's the most important position. It does matter if you get wins. Maybe Lamar Jackson gets it then. Deshaun Watson, especially without J.J. Watt for the second half of the season – I think they're going to end up having some struggles that we didn't see on Sunday against the Jags. But I think that that Texans team is still going to struggle in the second half of the season. But Deshaun Watson should be in the conversation now. Christian McCaffrey makes a lot of sense. Borderline guys that aren't going to get any buzz and likely aren't going to end up winning it. We talked about Jacoby Brissett, him getting hurt. And the Colts winning, if he comes back and they get back on track and end up winning the division, I think there's a case to be made. It's a great story. Same goes for Derek Carr, who yeah. just before the season, they lose Antonio Brown. The premise of the whole season was going to be finally they gave him a weapon there in 84. And then they bring in Tyrell Williams and um, and, uh, you know, that but as good as the Ra- Raider story is this year, it's it's interesting to consider where would they be had they had eighty four in the lineup. As it is though, they're in the playoff chase, and uh, I think Derek Carr deserves a little more. Uh, a few more pat's on the back than ways had, but okay, spaghetti. Let's get into it here then. Let's figure out scientifically, and by scientifically, I mean by looking at uh, the remaining schedules here of the wild card contenders. I'm going to assume that the Ravens are going to hold on in that division because Pittsburgh is flawed enough that they're going to lose. I think somewhere between two to four games the rest of the way. Likely is three. Second most likely is four. And the third most likely result is that they only lose two games the rest of the way. So let's start with them after a wonky but ultimately good victory, all victories against teams with winning records when you're playing your backup QB. And even if the opponent is playing its third string QB, which is what the Colts were doing on Sunday in Heinz Field. It's still a good win. The defense remains keen, and I hope all the cynics about the trade that Kevin Colbert made a month or six weeks ago to get Minka Fitzpatrick have now been disabused of the idea that they should have held on to that pick to get a a quarterback to replace Ben Roethlisberger. Never mind that Ben Roethlisberger is playing next year. And the Steelers in 2019 are not going to end up with just four wins the rest of the way. So they would have been a middle-of-the-pack team. What QB is going to solve all their issues in 2020 more than Minka Fitzpatrick is going to contribute now and in the future? It's silliness. The Steelers, though, host the Rams. I think the Rams will win that one. But a major swing game. They can get to 10. If they can take down the L.A. Rams themselves, an incomplete team, I just wonder if uh, Mason Rudolph can take advantage of their weak spot back there in the secondary. Even with Jalen Ramsey, it remains a it remains the way to take them down. Um, to, the way to attack the Rams is through the air.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was I was just looking at like the rest of their schedule, the Steelers, and it's it's fairly like okay besides the Rams, and they have uh, the Ravens uh, after Christmas. But uh, the Rams are a team that's a tough matchup, I think, just because they like, the Steelers' defense has been great. Megan Fitzpatrick has been great. Um, and this, this, the Rams now, though, are, like, getting in this groove where, where Cooper Cup is the guy, and it, let's assume Megan takes him out. That's true. Well, they still have... They still have Brandon Cooks. They still have Robert Woods. They're thro- they have multiple tight ends they could throw to it with Higby and Everett. Like Daryl Henderson is now getting part of the offense. Like Gurley doesn't need to take over games, so they're getting scary and like obviously they make the the blockbusters are getting to for getting Jalen Ramsey, um, who we assume will be on Juju. Although Juju besides really last week he I don't know what's up with him that he's not like a focal part of the offense anymore he's not a
4: he's I mean we knew this though when AB you know everybody pointed at that in week 17 when the Steelers had to win to stay eligible for the playoffs and they had the lowly bungles come into Heinz Field and even in that must-have game Juju couldn't separate and you could see that that was going to be an issue for him um I, I, you know, they still need James Washington some signs of uh, of life there. Deontay Johnson a non-factor yeah. in that one. And the answer is, I know I'm a broken record about it, but they got to go under center more. They got to start using play action. I know Mason Rudolph himself may not like that. He might want to face the defense, but I think it would suit what the steal or skill set is offensively. And in the meantime, the defense is a high pedigree one. It's got to win games. That's basically the way it went. I know, um, you know, not terribly impressive stuff to beat Brian Hoyer at home and require a missed field goal by one of the all-time great kickers in Adam Vinatieri to survive that game. That's the way it's going to go the rest of the way. Um, So I say... Lose to the Rams. They've got a split with the Browns they, they because they go to Cleveland on Sunday night football. I wonder if it's eligible to be flexed out. And I wonder if NBC would do that at mm. this point. It still is a big, you know, separated by that Ohio PA border tail of two football cities and all that. I wonder if that is sufficiently compelling for them to hold on to that one. But yeah, I'm with you, man. They still got the, the Bengals, those two with the Browns at the Cardinals should be a win the big sweat at the jets. And then they close it out with the Ravens on one hand, if the Ravens have put the division away, they may take the foot off the gas and you know, then, then maybe that would be a more winnable game. If Lamar Jackson, and everybody else is playing in that one, almost by definition, then you would think that uh, they're playing to win the division. So be fine. I'm sure with any Steelers fan, if, uh, if the division is still up for grabs, come uh, the last game of the season, the big one for Pittsburgh is Buffalo at home. I think that the Bills still have some tough games upcoming. I think that they're obviously, what well, they obviously are in the best spot to get one of the wild cards, but let's go through the Buffalo Bills, who, by the way, can't stop the run all of a sudden. The Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders explosion in Buffalo two weeks ago was bad, but Adrian Peterson ran all over you. Yeah, it wasn't a close game, but still they aren't stopping the run. And now Nick Chubb, is back. I mean, and Nick Chubb is. Uh, that's the one thing they're going to try to do. People who spend their lives trying to figure out in advance who's going to win a game. Some people who do that with with some precision by how much a team's going to win by seem to think that the Browns at two and six are going to win this game over the 6-2 and two Bills. If they stumble there, though, that's really going to be bad for the Bills. Then you know that the Bills are in trouble for the second half of the season. But let's say they win that. They'll beat Miami. They, they host the Broncos. They should win that. But they still then go, at Dallas... Baltimore at home, that game I mentioned at Pittsburgh, and then at the Ravens, what's the best you can hope for if you're the Bills out of that four-game stretch there? And if even if you include the Broncos, who aren't a bum team, in that four-game stretch, one and three, that then puts them, if I'm right about that, they have two losses now. If they lose three of at Cowboys, Ravens, at Pittsburgh, at Patriots, that puts them there at 5 um, five losses right there, so they better beat the Browns, or they're in real jeopardy of getting a postseason. I say that they'll hold on, they'll get to ten and six, and uh, and make the postseason. So that claims one of those two playoff spots for you.
3: I have a – that's a tough stretch. I have them all L's next to the Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, and Patriots. Um, I mean, I know it's a good sign that Devin Singletary had a decent game uh, uh, the other day, but I don't know. I don't I don't love Josh Allen. Maybe I'm reading too much into, like, the, the heavy analytic stats. Like, he's just not – he's not what you <clears throat> want to see when you're seeing your quarterback play out there because he, he's just a guy – it's not like Lamar where he's improvising and, like, the rushing is – is, is effective when it needs to be. Lamar market throw the ball, as we just saw, versus what we thought was a great defense with the Patriots. I don't know. Josh Allen, to me, just, uh, I, I, don't, I don't trust him to win uh, a, a big game, especially if it gets into a shootout or something with, like say, the Cowboys. If they put up 30, 35 points on you, which they could – I just I'm not going to trust Josh Allen to come back w- uh, and, and win a game like that. I don't know. I'm not a big
4: side fan. note about the Ravens. And, you know, it's like anything else. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder in in a league of parody like this. There are very few that stand out consistently week after week. The Patriots, the best of the bunch, just kind of felt like they got exposed a little bit. But I also think that it was right on cue the way that game was going on Sunday night. I think that. I don't know why pro football teams can't prepare for what the Ravens are doing, but enough evidence is out there at this point that you can see. And I always say it, and I kind of sort of stand by it, that a good defense is the kryptonite for what the Ravens are doing. Going back to, what was it, week 15 when the Ravens came out to play the Chargers? By the second half of that game, if you remember that one, the Ravens won that one, and that's really what, got them in a position to to take the North a year ago. By the end of that game, you could see, all right, the Chargers kind of were up to speed with what the Ravens were doing and taking it away. Jump then to this year. When they play a good defense, and the Seahawks are not a good defense, so they don't count. When they see a good defense, it feels like at about the 20, 25-minute mark, that the defense has get gotten enough looks at what they're doing, maybe adjusted to the speed of Lamar Jackson and the guys behind him. And then it's diminishing returns. And I feel like that's kind of what we were looking at with the Patriots, that it was 17-0. Wow, this is, I can't believe this. And by halftime, you were thinking, all right, well, the Patriots are going to win this game. And then they start the second half and they start moving right down the field. And then it's not even per se that I think the offense isn't good. It's that the defense for Baltimore isn't good enough to support that. It's not complimentary. It's not dominant enough. It doesn't create turnovers to give them those short fields to to break the back of the opponents in the second half. But then all of a sudden, Marlon Humphrey scoops up a fumble, and that's kind of the margin for it. And it swings that game a little bit. But to your point that you made at the top. The thing that stunned me more than anything else on Sunday night was Mark Ingram in the second half just consistently on first down, getting those six- and eight-yard runs, that then throws everything up in the air for me where the Patriots are concerned. And I think this next game against the Eagles is going to be telling stuff for the Eagles, obviously, but also for the Patriots. If they can get – because good offensive line in Philly coming on now the last couple weeks, the two backs that they're throwing at everybody now with uh, Sanders and Jordan Howard making hay – if, if they get trucked again, then I don't know what in the AFC. Who's the team then? The Ravens, they're flawed. We saw the the Chiefs beat them already. Once they get Mahomes back, and I, then it really throws things up in the air. But that was uh, more than a little side note about the Ravens. But I, did, I, I, I still, I guess, halfway through, don't know what to make sense of them. Let's assume that they're going to win the division. But they should beat the Bengals. Bengals, though, are getting healthy. And John Harbaugh's era. Like Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, his bugaboo is going on the road and playing bad teams. He inexplicably loses those. John Harbaugh, when he has a big game, when the Ravens have a big game under John Harbaugh, they sometimes come out a little flat the following week. They obsess over a big uh, a big opponent. And then the next week, they let down a little bit. Go back through the records, and uh, and you'll see I'm right about this since though really stinks well i was
3: gonna say and also it's a really bad time for the Bengals to decide to win to uh, win a football game when the dolphins just beat the jets and they could really solidify you know that number one pick steal to us somehow i i'd be I, mean, I
4: know but you ryan finley here's the thing though here's the puncher's chance we don't know what ryan finley looks like or we don't have a whole lot of tape on him neither do the ravens that defense isn't great but i'll tell you Jenga piece when you start talking Jenga piece guys in the NFL Jimmy Smith is quietly one of those guys for whatever reason when you drop him into that already strong Ravens secondary and you saw that again um, against uh, Tom Brady and company man it really gets to another level so maybe the defense hasn't been what it's about to be in the second half of the season for the Ravens all right I'm making too much about the Bengals but they do also get back AJ Green They're going to be more dangerous than they have been to this point. But then after that, here's what the Ravens go. Texans at home. I think they'll win that one. I I do too. Yeah. But maybe not. You don't know. Because the Texans are going to be nice and fresh coming off the bye. Um, Then they go to L.A. to play the Rams. Then they play the Niners in Baltimore. Then at the Bills. So the Ravens are far from... You know, in, in the catbird seat, the trick for them is is that the Steelers probably aren't good enough to catch them, but they do have the chance to. The Steelers are not out of the AFC North running just yet.
3: No, not even. Not even I mean, the Texans are a tough game. Uh, Texans, Rams, 49ers, Bills, four in a row, it's really tough. Um, the Browns may put up a fight. Who knows? Steelers, like I said, last game of the season. It's it's a tough schedule. I'm just a believer. I don't know if it's because of this whole Lamar getting drafted thing and people saying he should be playing wide receiver. And like you're saying before, uh, John Harbaugh almost fired. It's like it's almost fun to root for that team because you're rooting for uh, John Harbaugh, you know, obviously kept his job and he's doing a great job there with, with the the. and then Lamar, you know, being at Louisville winning a highs and people doubting him and this guy's like put on a bunch of muscle he's running the ball effectively like design runs for him but he's also making the most of his weapons Mark Andrews Hollywood Brown coming back was huge for him like I I I love watching him play like it's just it's the most fun team to watch and I Hollywood
4: Brown talk about Jenga pieces and in case you're new to the show the Jenga piece the Jenga theory is that in the 21st century in the NFL you're certainly gonna have guys get hurt and miss the rest of the season the trick is to not lose the wrong piece, because then the whole thing can implode. Hollywood Brown might be that guy. Mm-hmm. Although when Ronnie Stanley came up limping there in the second half, I thought that Bowdoin would really, really bet, yeah. that would really cook their goose. Same thing with Marshall Yonda. but um, I think my, uh, Hollywood Brown makes makes everything different. When, the fact that you must pay attention to him, you cannot keep an extra DB in the box to stop the run game that's everything and by the way Hollywood Brown is not mere speed he he, he keeps showing re- repeatedly over the course of the season that uh, he's got a, a good pair of hands no, he's a great
3: receiver yeah it's not like what the Chiefs did to replace Tyreek Hill with like drafting Nicole Hardman who's just a straight burner like Hollywood Brown's a great receiver and that's again what makes the Ravens why I'm so high in them is because even if you have a defense you know with the 49ers like that's going to be a big matchup let's just say they try to contain uh, Lamar Jackson. Well, well, he's shown in multiple games that, even last night how many instances where you had three Patriots surrounding him and he goes, all right, well, I'm just going to spin out of this. And then by that time, your DB's lost track of the receiver. He's wide open. It's a quick, easy, little wide open, like just a little dunk wide open first down. It's just stuff like that, which is super frustrating for these defenses. That's what the problem that he creates with his legs. And, that, and like it's, it's just, I don't know. They're, I think it'd be tough to stop. I hear you,
4: but I also think that you say his legs, his legs are so skinny. I'm just waiting for, I I don't mean to be, I'm not s- uh, skeptical of his talent. Obviously I've been on board uh, since he was a sophomore at Louisville. I've been saying Lamar Jackson's going to be a revelation, but I also am just waiting for him to break. He's, he's taking yeah. way too many carries, but he has that knack, man. I haven't seen him get lit up. I don't think this year he was getting beaten up pretty good. Down the stretch last year, but man, he is so vexing for a defender because you can see that they want desperately to pop him. They really want to smack him and they can't
3: do it. I, I know the design runs make them a whole lot harder to defend because you have so many guys in the backfield he's following. Like they'll, they'll have like sets with two extra guys in the back and then you have Lamar running the ball, then you have extra blockers, but... That being said, I probably would just take him all out of the playbook. Do not do design runs with him. Like your 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 Ovens line is good enough where you could run the ball with Hill, Edwards, or Ingram. Uh just let if he has to improvise and scramble, fine. I the design runs are just not good. And
4: Mark Andrews has been a killer He's too. Awesome. And in fact, yeah. three tight ends deep. They're all yeah. uh they're all killers. In a league in a league that has very few good tight ends, the Ravens really loaded up. You could tell that was important to them over the last couple of seasons. And uh uh but I will say too I'm waiting for him to break and everything else. But how can't you like Lamar Jackson when you see him in the pregame? I know that that's true of a lot of guys in the league, but that he told his mom, I'm going to go pro now because it's time for me to take care of you. That's nice stuff. He oh. seems like a, he seems like a sweetheart and the little feelings we've had with him, too. It seems like that's the case, too. Next up, the Colts. At five and three. And what do you think, first of all, did you get a good look at the uh, at the game in Heinz Field? Do you think Jacoby Brissett is enough to give them the margin of victory in Sunday's game against the Steelers? Would they have won with Jacoby Brissett?
3: I'm, no, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty high on the Steelers' defense. I, I'm not also sold on Jacoby Brissett yet either. Like, I, I don't think... I don't think going into twenty twenty, the Colts are gonna, as an organization, are gonna be like, well, this is our guy going forward. I don't know why. Oh, I, I
4: th- really—that's a mean, bold uh, kind of prediction, given where they are right now.
3: Maybe it's like the, the the thing I'm stealing from you is like the pedigree snob. You want to see a name back there, and especially, yeah. especially if they don't. Let's say if they don't make the playoffs, or if they lose in a in a you know a first round game. I don't know, because you have these fans who are coming into the season obviously thinking, all right, well, we have Andrew Luck. We have a great defense now. Like, we're the Super Bowl almost is, you know, if we get past the Chiefs and Patriots, who's going to stop us in the AFC? And now it's one of those cases where are they the third best team in the AFC South? Like, I mean, I, I don't it's. I don't. I don't know. Wait, Jaco- but
4: I had a w- well. I'm what just, other I'm, team besides the Texans? I'm just saying, if, if, thing, if things
3: go south, like and, and I know you like the Titans, but they, it's just a, they they might go down a bad path where you have like they're not the clear cut best team. I think with Angelouk, they were the clear cut best team, and that. Oh, I agree with that. And then putting that in people's heads, like you're not, you don't want. It's hard to sell people as Jacoby Brissett, as the quarterback of the future for the Colts. Is it
4: is it me or does it seem like everybody's next game is the Dolphins? Yeah. Somehow everybody's got the the Dolphins on the schedule. But Ryan Fitzmagic started that like since he took over back from they were like, Josh Rosen's our guy. And then like uh, for a quarter. Oh, yeah, no, he's not our guy. Now it's we're back to Fitzmagic. They're not half bad. They're not a complete junk team. Um, but anyway, Colts will beat the Dolphins in Indy. Then they host the Jags. But to your point about the AFC South, that's pretty closely packed together. Tough division. Yeah, I think it's going to be Nick Foles, too, by the way. I think it'd be a lot know. of people are saying that. Um they go So they go Dolphins and Jags. Let's assume they win those. Then the big one for the division and wild card. Primetime uh, at Texans, yeah. At Houston. Then the Titans, who are pretty good. At the Bucks doesn't feel like a gimme for no anybody way. at this point, the way the Bucs have shown up in random weeks, like they did against the Rams, um, the way they did against the Seahawks. On the road, weird. But um, anyhow, the Bucks aren't uh, abject junk. Then at the Saints, that's a loss. Mm-hmm. Panthers who might be fighting for a playoff spot. And then at the Jags, I don't know where the Jags are going to be at that point.
3: Literally besides the Dolphins game they have next week, they don't have a gimme on that entire schedule. It's a really rough road for them.
4: And Doug Marone at minimum is going to be coaching for his job. If this, if, if the Jags stink the rest of the way here and they don't do anything at worst, Doug Marone's not going to be like, yeah, whatever. He's going to be trying to play for his gig. I would say at Texans at saints, and another divisional game somewhere in there they're gonna trip up so that's 10 and 6 probably for them and then the trick because so yeah i think 10 and 6 is the realistic uh
3: yeah i, I see more for that i see more losses on the rest of the schedule than i do wins i, I just think the division itself is tough like the jaguars are a, a really pesky team that could surprise you any given week the titans are the hardest team to figure out uh the buccaneers could score at will uh they do give up a lot of points though like we said before the saints are probably uh, that's the easiest loss to give. Um Panthers right have an MVP candidate. They surprise team. Like it's just it's a tough schedule that with a with a guy that was well, supposed to be your backup, it's not what you wanted to see going into the playoffs.
4: Vinatieri makes a kick uh, in Hines and now the story is that the Colts are the can do team. That people game would, like
3: that that game's going to haunt them the whole rest
4: of the People way. would go loco if if Hoyer won that, then this would certainly be the team of destiny at this point. And people would be singing songs about Frank Reich, as it is still a good story at five and three. But the Texans, as they go into the bye now, huge victory in London. They come out of the bye at the Ravens, like we talk about. Then that head to head at home against the Colts. But then after that, they host the Patriots. They host the Broncos. Then they go to Tennessee, to the Bucks, And then it's the Titans again. I think they should hold on to win the division, although... That's a rugged three-game patch. As long as they beat the Colts, though, they should win the division. It comes down to that, right? Even if they lose at the Ravens and the Patriots, there aren't any obvious losses left out there
3: for them. Everything besides that I have is a W. The Ravens and Pats are two losses. I can't see them beating either of those teams. But besides that, if they're a good team, they should take care of business. I mean, the Broncos, it should be almost a gimme for them. Uh, the, like the Titans, who knows? Like I said, the Titans are a team that no one no one on, on the planet could figure out.
4: Impossible team. to figure out, right?
3: But, uh, so but, let's say the Texans yeah. get it.
4: And I think it is the Colts at nine and seven or, or 10 and six, which is everything. Because if I'm right that the Steelers are nine and seven ish, if the Colts are 9 and 7 the Steelers now have those tiebreakers and those loom large as they do also against the LA Chargers everybody laughed when i said they're not done yet this is what they do every year how surprising can this possibly be for people i do think though they've they've now gotten to even i think that they look pretty good lately when they get Ingram and Bosa healthy like we say but then they go at the Raiders, and then they host the Raiders at the tail end of the season. They also have two games left with the Chiefs. If we assume that the Chargers go, what's best out of that? Two and two? I mean, how much do we believe in the Raiders? How much do we believe in the Chiefs going forward? And then they go at the Broncos, at the Jags. They host the Vikings. I mean, this is not an easy schedule. I don't think, I think they're too far behind the eight ball to to rally and catch up here. I have,
3: like, just – it just stuck in my brain from how poorly the the Chargers were earlier in the season. It's so, like, I had them splitting with the Raiders. I think the Raiders are a lot better than people realize. Um, I think the Chiefs, they might lose both those games the Chiefs. I mean the... – If
4: they win one, though, if they can stay 500 at the Raiders and hosting the Chiefs – and I wouldn't be completely floored if they won both of those – and then they come out of the bye and get Derwin James back – then they become a different team and then they become a different level of scary as it is though. They have a, they have a really tough slate still to go here. And again, they don't have the tiebreaker against Pittsburgh and that might be everything. Unless the Steelers really stumble. It kind of feels like Pittsburgh is the X factor of the wild card in a way here, because if they beat the bills, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. They've already beaten the Chargers. They've already beaten the Colts. That could be everything, and they could slide in there at 9-7 uh, and seven with a wild card, except for one other team. We've looked at everybody else's resume, where they are, and what they have upcoming, more importantly. The Oakland Raiders, Spaghetti, what are we to make of this team?
3: I I love this team. I said it, I think it was the last uh, video show we did, and I said that I, I sneakily love the Raiders. and with, uh, Their schedule's pretty, really easy the rest of the way. Um, Josh Jacobs is like quietly, uh, an amazing running back. And Derek Carr is, you know, the, the fact that they thought that he wasn't going to be the guy for the future that we should change, like h- how many other quarterbacks in the league are better than Derek Carr right now? Like what upgrade could you possibly make to improve on him? Um, I, I like them a lot. I mean, you have the Bengals, the Jets, you have the Broncos, it, like the, the Jacks, Titans, Chargers, like who those could be wins in my mind. Really the only tough, really tough game they have is at kansas city so they need to a t- really good schedule
4: they have a really good shot yeah. at getting into the postseason if they just beat the chargers one out of two yeah if they split with the chargers because outside of that at the chiefs let's assume a loss on that one at the broncos to end the season who knows if it snows sure. or whatever that uh that's a that would be a tough place to be but outside of that man they really they maybe have two losses three losses the rest of the way here and if if um, if it is two losses and they're 10 and six, I think based on the math that we're laying out here, that should put them right there, if not in. Um, And then the Colts are a big, if you're right that the Colts are nine and seven, I think the Raiders would get it. So right now I'll go bills. And am I going to say that the, I think the, I think I like the Colts a little bit better than you. So I think the Colts yeah. end up getting in, but the Raiders are right there on their heels And if you're right about the Colts, I think the Steelers will end up getting in there. And uh, because uh, I'm going to go, that's how I'll go. I'll go Bills, five seed, Colts, six seed. But man, that again, like I say, the X factor is Pittsburgh. Because if they beat the Bills in Pittsburgh with what, uh, with what we already covered there, um, otherwise for the Bills, then they could fall back, and if the Steelers hold that tiebreaker against all those teams, if they hold it against the Colts, Bills, and the Chargers, then they're um, as unimpressive as they've been. They would be in the catbird seat to to sneak in the back door and take that uh, take that six
3: It's tough because on paper the Chargers are as good as any team like ever assembled. They're I mean, but just, they don't put it together, and the Colts are are. They have the offensive line. They have the running game. They have receivers now, making play a new receiver every week, making plays. Um, the defense is is still solid, but uh, the, my issue is just like I said with Jacoby Brissett, and it's like eventually you're gonna need your quarterback to make plays. I could be wrong. Like it maybe it's one of the, he could maybe he could be a passenger on that team. Who knows? The Raiders just are hot, and I think they have probably the best schedule the rest of the way out of any team that we went over. Um, yeah, I, but I feel like it, it's. I think that an AFC South, it'll be AFC South team and an AFC West team. I'll get it. I don't even know if I want to give it. I don't think the Bills will get it. I think the Bills are going to fall off. I'll give it to... Well, if they don't
4: figure out how to stop the run, then they really... I mean, they're going to lose to the Browns this weekend in Cleveland. And if they lose to Cleveland, then that is really going to be the signal. Man, it's on the rest of the season for this wild card chase. Because whereas the Bills... Could beat the Browns and then be right there, be a half game back of the Patriots. Um, If the Patriots lose to the Eagles in two weeks, then the Bills are reasonably in the hunt for the division title. And the Patriots, I mean, let's not indulge that. The Patriots are obviously going to end up with the one seed, but it does kind of now shake things up based on what we saw from the Ravens. If they get trucked by another physical team, um, in the Eagles when they come out of that bye. I don't know what. Speaking of, so we're talking about all the high-end teams. This is also an apocalyptic year for bad NFL teams. I always bemoan uh parody. I don't think you can really do that. I know there's a meaty middle class of the NFL this year, but is this I I gotta look this up. Is this the worst? A handful of teams I mean sometimes they're t- you know the Lions went 0 and 16 and there was another bad but this seems like there are too many just god-awful teams right mm-hmm. now you got the Jets who lost to the Dolphins who are trying to lose Adam Gase it's ridiculous how could Sam Darnold be this bad Mitch Trubisky's Bears they stink they're a disappointment I, they're kind of in games and you think wow well, but also they should have lost to the Broncos. Yep. I mean you you could also take a win or two away from the Bears. The Browns are a tremendous disappointment. The Bengals stink. The Dolphins stink and the Redskins stink. These are this are, I,
3: what and the Falcons stink. That that's all I was going to say. The weirdest part about it is that a lot of these teams you mentioned have superstars. Like, it's a really good collection of talent. The Browns have Miles Garrett, who's one of the sack leaders, obviously, on offense. Everyone knows Baker. You have the two stud receivers. You have Nick Chubb, was great. Uh, the Jets went out and a, spent a bunch of money in, in free agency to get Lev Bell, and they have Crowder, uh, like, and they have Darnold, who's supposed to be, you know, going to work magic with uh, Adam Gase. Uh, the Falcons, I mean, the Falcons have uh, an all-star cast in offense, and they can't uh, get anything together, but they're, obviously their defense is, is pretty bad. That's the thing that's... that's the, the worst feeling about it is you have these teams that should be good on paper and they're just not. And the, the weird thing about the Dolphins is that say they didn't trade away Stills or Drake or Laramie Tunsell. It's like how if they started, you know, Fitzpat like how bad would they have actually been? They, I guess that, that could have been a five, six win team. I feel like not a, a you know, a zero win. Team,
4: I, I guess that team. that's the decision the my point of reference and everybody has their one in this kind of a thing. It's why the Sixers did the process. Um, which has taken way too long. If they win a title, is that satisfying for Philadelphia? It seems like they buried themselves for too long to justify the results, even if they win a title. It's still – I can't imagine it's worth it. But I always go with the Utah Jazz. They were always – the Jazz – in spite of those two finals appearances against Michael Jordan, that would, that was their chance. But since then they're always kind of in the middle. They've been bad to mediocre. Now they're kind of pretty good, but this has gone on for way too long. And the dolphins were tired of that five to eight wins, you know, sneaking in a wild card once a decade or so, not good enough. They want to be sort of a juggernaut. I get that. But, and then that go back, brings me all the way back to where we started here. I wonder if, Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals have now shown a whole uh, a whole new way and now Whoever takes over the Jets is going to be like, yeah, trade Sam Darnold. I, I don't want Sam Darnold. I want to take my own guy, and if it'll be Tua or whoever else
3: it is. So that's a weird one because I think there's still enough people around the the league that think that Darnold could be salvageable, could be a good quarterback. I think maybe the clock is probably – the time's already up, I feel like, on with Josh Rosen. The other weird one – I mean, Trubisky, the Bears and Trubisky is the – that's to me, is the worst. Nick Foles has to move up there.
4: And if the Carolina Panthers really want to indulge this Kyle Allen jazz, I would think that uh, – uh, that uh, Matt Nagy, if he gets to keep his job, which is uh, in question at this point, yeah, I would think that uh, he would say, "Oh, you can can you get me Cam? Because that would
3: be great." It's uh, so a it's a mess there because because Nagy didn't pick Trubisky. It was Ryan Pasted, who did a good job building a decent defense. But you go and trade for Khalil Mack. Now you don't have a first round pick. You traded up for Trubisky, passing on Watson and Mahomes. Like, so you stuck with this quarterback. You have a lot of you know. Uh, it's they're almost a win now team because of how good the defense is. I and mean, Matt Nagy's offense has been figured out by everyone. That I think is by far the worst situation because you can't write the ship, at least the jets, if they want to blow it up and get rid of Darnold, they want to trade away uh Lev Bell, like the rumors or, uh, you know, Jamal Adam would say in the off season and get a couple first rounders in the future. That'll be, they'll be okay. But I think the bears are like for a team that started off the season, beating the Packers and everyone thought, okay, here we go. The bears, it's the North, like it's their division to lose. I'm
4: not sure the dead money, issue with and Bell in 2020. Um, But I think that you see the writing on the wall that they kind of shopped him around and took a look around with him. They're not going to want all that. They may end up paying a decent chunk of that. The rumors that a lot of teams made calls on him, um, including Pittsburgh, that was unreasonable. Pittsburgh wouldn't be able to handle that unless the Jets were taking on part of that contract. Even then, I don't know that they could have managed that under the cap. But um, yeah, a lot of truly putrid teams in the nfl at the midway point uh let's bring it on home now Spaghetti with uh it's oh before i forget nfl uh if you go on uh, twitter go to the nfl handle i've been doing it every week and uh we'll continue to do so we do our little Q&A. Q and dave get in there and um tweet us a question and we'll answer it for you every monday we do it around eleven thirty 30 pacific time and uh the social team puts up a post there so be ready to ask your question there's a new batch of answers provided by me and spaghetti so check those out by the way check out uh, Dave's of thunder back uh, we got some new episodes up there for you appreciate the support on uh, on that uh, foolish endeavor with David Feeney. Um, and uh, very special episodes we're in the mid two-part cliffhanger you should check that out and also check out uh the podcast on the athletic um but now let's uh let's do the food block presented by Bon and viv spike seltzer halloween in the rearview mirror spaghetti i saw pictures of you as iron man correct your girlfriend is spider-man that was a little weird kind of
3: we uh, did anybody point that out that we went as uh, tony stark and peter parker yeah uh, we, we do it on purpose to kind of make fun of ourselves. To creep people out. To, yeah, it's funny. as a Did you do like
4: a make-out session, like all of a sudden impromptu? Like, what? No. Iron Man's kissing Spider-Man? No,
3: that's why it's funny because in the, in the movies, Peter and Tony are very, is like they're, you know, uh, Peter's mentor is Tony Stark. And uh, last couple of years, I've done... I've dressed as uh, Eleven from Stranger Things or as Daenerys Targaryen, so this year we thought it'd be funny if my girlfriend dressed as a man instead of me dressing as a woman. Why don't
4: you next year, I always think uh, this would be a fun one. Did you ever see Apocalypse Now? I have not. Uh, Have her be um, Colonel Kurtz, bald-headed Branda. Fat Branda, like have her puff herself up with some pillows and stuff, and then you be Sheen there to kill her with your big... uh, your big, uh, whatever that knife that cuts through machete juggle, machete. Thing. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's called. Hey, like I said, we're doing, uh, we're doing the, um, Bon and Viv, uh, food block here. Um, and so with Halloween in the rear view mirror, we can talk, we, we can talk about, uh, Halloween treats, but Thanksgiving, our, our, uh, our pal big cat, uh, has was tweeting about it over the weekend as well. I'm glad to have his participation on our ongoing campaign. It was my new year's resolution for society. Of course, Unlike the rest of society, which is too selfish, they only think of themselves at New Year's time. I try to make all of society better. Five years ago, my, my resolution was more stuffing on menus. I've slowly seen it coming around. For you, Spaghetti, give me a win-play show, Thanksgiving side dishes.
3: The win is easy, uh, is easily stuffing. Uh, is it number? Easy. Oh, for me, yeah. Really? Uh, it's, you put gravy on your stuffing? I do. It's such That's a big... Right we thing we usually have... We do, like, a Friendsgiving around here. We usually have two different uh, stuffings. We have a regular version. We have an Italian version with, like, meat inside of it, hmm. uh, meat and mushrooms, uh, stuff like that. It's it's very good. Two, my, my place would be... Uh, probably mashed potatoes. That's right. I'm still a mashed potatoes fan. I know people kind of. You're rolling, man. On You're them. on the roll there. That's, yeah. Those are th- those are the top two. Yeah, a I little a little butter and gravy. Those are great. I'm trying to think of what might. Well, the real be. trick is if gravy
4: is a side, it's not. It's a topping. Yeah, it's but topping. if you count that, that would have to round that out because you don't have Thanksgiving if you ain't got no gravy. Oh, no, you
3: definitely need the gravy. I'm trying to think of.
4: A, Tur- I, I would say as important as stuffing is. Cancel thank, I As much as no one has led the charge for stuffing more than I have. However, I would say more essential to the Thanksgiving meal after turkey, most essential item is the gravy. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. if you don't, I, I would rather have right. turkey and gravy than I would turkey and stuffing. How about that? How about them apples?
3: Ugh. I, I could probably eat stuffing plain, but the turkey dry is, is rough. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you can't right. have it. You wouldn't want to eat
4: that. I, if I, you
3: deep fried the bird, it would be. Yeah, possible. it is. It's much better. I used when I used to go home uh, to New York for when well, I was lived at home in New York for uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, my relatives would do it. We'd do a deep fried turkey and an oven turkey. The deep fry is a million times better. Unfortunately, out here we don't have the equipment to do the deep fry. We do the oven, you which can is buy fine. one of those. I know we, we should, but it's it's you know in L.A. unless you have one of these mansions with a huge yard. It's hard oh, for, yeah. to what do you, like, go out on the sidewalk with the deep fryer. It's
4: with, nice when it's cold oh, out. It's out Cold. So uh, the
3: peanut oil. It's awesome. Northeast, yeah, you got so that. Good. You stand
4: outside. I've done that with my brother-in-law and my cousin. Yeah, throw a football, have a beer in hand, just cold in your winter coat out there while the things frying up. That's the holidays. It is very hey, good. we're into November. That's what's. Uh, that's the the greatest, the most
3: underrated holiday. That's what, that's what I'll call Thanksgiving, at least. People skip it. Now it's like the, uh, Halloween lasted for, I feel like, two weeks, and people dress to come every single night. It I tanks, agree. And then everyone goes right into like, Christmas music, and all the coffee shops are all doing Christmas flavors, and there's like there's just no, no one cares about Thanksgiving. When I, Thanksgiving is great because you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's like a four-day weekend for most. It's uh, the number
4: one holiday in Damashek's book. All it's the most food, underrated
3: football. by society. It's great.
4: You have a day where they just where they where they line up football games yeah. for you. Yeah. Now, does it have to be the Lions forever? All right. Listen, beggars can't be choosers. What is the sun? Do you know what the what the Thursday night game
3: is? Uh, Let's check that. Please tell me it's not the Falcons. It feels like sun- the Falcons. Sun- Wait, Sunday night or Thanksgiving? No, Thanksgiving night. Thanksgiving 2019 game. Let's find out. Uh, what are, what's the slate we can look forward to now that it's upon us? We, oh man. Well, the early one, well, we have a nine 30 AM start out here. In don't West tell me Coast. bears. It's bears Lions. Ah. It's all of a sudden that one stinks. And then, uh, yeah, this is actually not a really good slate. It's uh bills Cowboys. At that's 1:30. not too bad.
4: No, that's compelling for all the AFC teams. I we guess, were just yeah. talking about. That's a big one. You're going to want, if you're a AFC, either way, that's that. I disagree with you. That's a great one. And it's also a Super bowl uh 28
3: i'm rematch? also just low. i'm just rematch. low on the bills that's reasonable and i think by then 26
4: we'll... rematch 20 27 that would be that one that's when they 27 and 20 did they play each other in two straights yeah they did cowboys and bills played in um 27 and 28 early 90s yeah no. and then saints falcons is leon led you remember five that five, yeah, right yeah, you've yeah. seen that yeah. at least right and then what's the saints, the night saints at falcons it seems like the Falcons are in that every other year for mm-hmm. some reason. Eh, all right, that's not a great one. Um, but anyway, I'm excited for Thanksgiving, the greatest food holiday that uh, that there is known to man. All right, spaghetti, dynamite stuff. Um, this was, uh, this was our little week nine review and look ahead. We'll also be joined by Matt Money Smith, I believe and handsome Hank Hodgson on Wednesday for not just our second audio podcast of the week, but as we do every week, it is our streaming video show. Make sure you track that one down. If nowhere else, it's always on YouTube. You can find it all the way up to, I don't know. I mean, even after the games are played, but uh, I don't know what value it has since we're picking all the games at that point, but, uh, it's the best pregame show I dare say I'm biased, but I think it's the my mother agrees. I think Eddie Spaghetti has it in his top ten pregame football shows um, out there. It's our it's our show. It airs on YouTube and uh, and streams on NFL.com every week. Spaghetti.
3: Yes, we are uh, on NFL.com on the home page. If you just type in NFL.com, it'll pop up in the corner. You'll at see two, it
4: at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern.
3: It is. Yes, 2 p.m. Eastern. Then it also goes on NFL.com slash DDFP. It's on the NFL podcast YouTube page. Uh, also, this episode, the audio Monday shows will also go up on YouTube uh, to listen through there as well. Uh, we're also on Pluto TV, the Wednesday show. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else I missed. Yeah. Uh, On the NFL.com app. I think you've taken away all... The app as well.
4: Right. You've taken away all excuses for people to not be watching that. Oh, and by the way, it is important. People always tell me this. I should mention it more at the top of the show, Spaghetti, but it is important that you review and you rate and you... Blah, blah, blah. Comment all that stuff on the YouTube show, on the podcast. And uh, we appreciate the support for all that. Like I say, we'll be back in about 48 hours from now um, with uh, with more of our pals here. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans and Zaxby's. It's been a thin slice of heaven.